comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me as always is Logan Stuff. How's it going everybody? He is a man who just got back from a date night at the Mm. Orlando city game how'd that go oh it was good i got to take ashley for the first time and uh experience mls and i you know i haven't had that much experience with it so it was it was new for pretty much i mean i'm I'm still getting like used to it uh and we sat in different seats this time so we sat more towards like the middle of the pitch do you usually sit on the same seat so like the the, yeah (laughs) oh man uh yeah yeah. So anyway, I I, we, I bought seats further down the the center of the pitch, uh, and usually I sit like where I had been sitting was more towards like the corner flag, just up on the second level. Which honestly, if you're watching soccer, I think that second level is better anyway. Um, but we, I, you know, I was three rows off the second level down that way. We were about six rows up uh, this time, and but more towards the center of the pitch, and it was a lot better just because I. The good thing is we were distancing the last time that i had been so like we or last time i went so i like could turn my chair like i could turn myself when they were down on that side of the pitch um but this time i was just like i just had to turn my head which is good but no she she loved it and i i I don't know loved it she liked it she she would go again so that was always something that i was worried about was like uh you know if i do take her would would she even pay attention or she did she liked it i don't how does joy like them does she get into them yeah, Joy likes soccer. Yeah. yeah, so she'll she'll watch those games. When we were at the baseball game at, at the Nationals Orioles game, she was mostly like booking dining reservations for our Disney trip uh, the whole time, and she's like asking me these questions. I'm like, I, I bought the scorecard, so I'm like keeping score, <laughs> you know, with the pen and paper, yep. and I'm like doing this, and I'm like, uh, yeah, whatever you want. Like uh, I'm paying attention to this. Um, Grand Slam happened in the first inning. She missed that because she went to the restroom. Uh, <laughs> you missed the te- best part. She texted me from there, and she was like, "All I got was a text that said like, damn it.'" And I was like, oh, "You shouldn't have gone." <laughs> it's the first inning, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we had some fun there. But she does not pay much attention to it, uh, though. There's a few times I had to go pick up food for her or go to the bathroom mm. that I was like, here you keep score now. And she's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm like, just 
do as best as you can on what I've done. And when I get back, fill me in and I'll, I'll fill out it correctly. Um, so that was experience. And she made it seem like this was, did you ever go to games and keep score, Logan? Yeah. All the time. When I was yeah. little, especially the score book, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. But we get, we get home at some point and she's just like, how'd you even know how to fill that thing out? I was like, well, I used to go to games and my yeah. dad taught me how to do it. Yeah. And like, you know, that's how, that's how you do it. Um, and she was like, Oh, like, that's interesting. I was like, I mean, it's just a baseball thing. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess you're, is. yeah, I guess you're just, I don't That's like one of the first things you learn. Cause I think when you're little, you see somebody doing it and you're going, what are they doing? Um, yeah. Mine came with then, like, if you bought the David sunflower seeds, yes. like the bucket, yep. it came with one of the score books. Yep. That, uh, you could get them real cheap. You get them like five bucks at like Dick sporting goods, while back or sports authority or, you know, something like that. Um, but yeah, like we used to have stacks of them that, I mean, uh, but it does, it like, it takes some practice. Whereas in soccer, I mean, there's not a whole lot. I mean, I like the, yeah, the not a lot of keeps track of, right. I like the Arlo, like the card that he always has. Yeah. The that broadcast. He shows. Mm-hmm. Those are cool. But um, yeah, but I, I think soccer, like for those people that are just getting into it or, or have people that are getting interested in, I know my, my family hardly is, uh, they always make fun of it. Um, just because I, they don't understand how interesting it is, I think. And that's what Ashley said. She goes, this, this is like constant. Like, yeah, they're always moving and they're always like doing things. And Well, that's why know. I think it's always interesting. You got to take somebody to a game. Yeah, you do. You know, because I think if you're watching at home, you don't appreciate it because you're not seeing the off the ball movement that everybody mm-hmm. is making. Um, you're only seeing what the camera is panned to. And I think that is part of the reason why it gets such a bad, um, like a bad rap, I guess, Mm -hmm. because on football, you can see all the movement because it's all 22 players are lined up. Like right when the ball is getting hiked, you know, Mm -hmm. um, basketball is such a small court. You're seeing all the movement because all the players are on one half of the court. Yeah. (laughs) Baseball. You're really only focused on where the the pitcher is and what the hitter is doing until the ball is put in play. Um, and you already know where those posi- players are positioned, unless if they're like shifting or something. With soccer, it's just constant movement, constant going, um, with the ball an and without the ball. Yeah, they're a hell of an athlete too. Like that's what she said. Like she noticed. I mean, she noticed the guys, of course. But like, you know, she <laughs> she uh, who was it? That she oh, it was Kyle Smith from Orlando City. That she was like uh, like. Uh, it's, for some reason, all the girls like him. He, they're drawn to him. I don't know if it's the tattoos or he just it seems like a nice guy out there. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but she was watching him, and he's very like involved in a tag. So he was running up and down the pitch on the right hand side. And you know when he's doing that, I, like you do, you, you don't realize how much they run and how athletic they are, and they just keep going at not at top speeds. It's like it's insane. Um, for ninety minutes, like that's crazy. Yeah. Whereas, like, I, I always laugh at my dad before we move on. I always laugh at my dad because uh, he's always like, oh, well, is it soccer? Did they score this time? I'm like, you watch baseball. Like, There's I'm been a big six no-hitters fan. this yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big baseball fan. I grew up playing it. I grew up loving it. It was my favorite sport. I think soccer is getting there. But, like, baseball is my favorite sport. And watching it, I'm like, soccer is more interesting to watch. It, it just is because there's just so much more – 
going on with the eyes. Uh, whereas baseball, you know man, how, you know how long a game is too. Like yes. when, we went oh, to God, the, yes. when we went to the Nationals and yes. Orioles game, it was like the first inning took about half hour because it was five runs. It was bad, and then it was like. Uh, the game took three hours and 40 minutes. But, like, mm-hmm. I know with soccer, at least, I can set aside two hours with, if you include halftime and stoppage time, and you're mm-hmm. under two hours and you're done. But you're right. Baseball was my favorite sport growing up um, until the world, uh, until uh, probably around 2010 when uh, I started really, like, soccer went from like third to first. I think World Cup, too, is like the best competition across all sports. Like, That's why I like the World Baseball Classic, too. I'm yeah. like, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I love when sports have those, you know, things. And, you know, I always see, like, baseball fans making fun of soccer and soccer fans making fun of baseball. And I'm, like, in that weird spot where I'm, like, I like both of you Me guys. Too. Like, stop. <laughs> um. But yeah, so let's actually talk some games, I guess, uh, before we last the whole show doing this. Uh, (laughs) But I'm glad she enjoyed it. I'm glad she enjoyed it. um, And that she's going to go to more of these games um, with you at some point. Mm -hmm. And that you have to definitely go check out a Pride game because they've been a surprise this season. They've been pretty good. Yeah, I saw uh, Alex Morgan scored the other day. They play tomorrow night, so uh, I'll be watching them tomorrow night. I think it was Alex Morgan and Sydney LaRue. Yeah, Sydney LaRue scored too, yep. Yeah, it's the mother clan there. All right, so let's go ahead and talk some headlines. Logan, do you want to go first here with your first headline? Yeah, so we'll keep it in trend and in in theme too and go with Orlando City's defense. Um, And you'll see coming up on the power rankings uh, that's coming out tomorrow, uh, we talk some about the defense. But that's that's why I think they are uh, probably top two in the the league uh, is because their defense has been so good, and they're missing Joao Matinho. He hasn't played but one match, one match and a half. Um, and they're also they were out uh, without uh, Janssen for a while for a while there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, Ruan is now out. So he he picked up a, a what is it a niggle they call it. Um, he picked up some kind of knock in training, and so he's out. And he's been our best player, I think, across the board. I mean, between him and um, uh, Mendez, I, I think that in Mendez playing more of that six, right in that midfield and kind, kind of playing into that destroying role, um, some too. It, it's just Orlando City's defense just is so solid, and then not to mention they have one of the best keepers I think in MLS. He's just so fun to watch too. Um, he's like an octopus out there, and I think they call him that El Pupo. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, you know, he, he's got this. First of all, I love his hair. Like I just love the way that he like carries himself. I, I just love everything about him. Uh, he's very loud. You can hear him yelling all the time, uh, commanding that back line. And you know, to give up two goals, one on a PK uh, to Castellanos, I think that that's something to to really kind of hone in on. I, I think that this team, uh, I think goals will come. And if the defense can keep playing like this, I don't know if there's a lot of teams in the East that can compete with them. I think the the next best defense might be Philly. And, you know, I think that that's a really good group to be with because they were so sound last year in defense. So, again, I'm so impressed with what Oscar's done with this defense with guys that, um, you know, I think their first mindset is defense instead of attack. Uh, Joao's a little bit more attack-minded. 
Um, but again, this, it's a solid back line. They've got about five or six options that it seems now to really do a good job in the defense. Um, and Antonio Carlos is one guy I didn't even mention who's probably been uh, just a silent killer. Uh, he, he puts out so many attacking plays and he, you know, puts a, puts water on so many chances um, before they even get to Galici. So, it, it, you know, this is a really good team and I can't wait to see what they can do, especially to get the attack going. Yeah, I, I think Orlando is look. Uh, I've been singing Oscar Preya's praises before he got there. I'm going to always bring it up. He was always one of my picks for the U.S. national yep. team. So far, we're working okay with Berhalter, but it's it was just something where uh, you know, as soon as he was available, as soon as he's available, I, I was looking at him for like any job. And I think even before Curtin really took off at the Union, I was like, why can't we just go get somebody like Oscar Perea? He's out there, you know. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, the Union have kind of come on since then, and I guess I was wrong. But uh, it is one of those things that's just I, – I love the guy, and mm-hmm. I think that he can be successful anywhere he goes. And Orlando needed this. They were a city that were ready for a team – 2015 when i was down there mm-hmm. they were handing out free magnets everywhere they were on the people were talking about them on the radio stations all the time they had caca right yep. but then they just uh they just weren't good enough and we saw that with toronto toronto was this hotbed with a big fan base but they took so long to make the playoffs that there was times where the fan base was dwindling and then Greg Vanny comes in, leads them to the playoffs for the first time. Then they win MLS Cup, and they're moving on. You know, winning trophies, supporter shields, all this kind of stuff. CCL finals. He took them as far as he could. He moves on. Oscar Preya, I feel like, is in that same sort of position where he comes in to a fledging franchise that really needed that run last year to really keep people interested, I think. In both the, you know, they had the run in MLS's back, and they also had the run in the, um, in the playoffs, and now I feel like people are like excited again about them, you know. Um, I'm not sure. I don't. I'm not down there, so I don't know what the feel is. But like 2015 was a magical time for it. Where I was listening to games on 104.3 or whatever station it was down mm-hmm. there, and I was, you know, um, went to a game against Toronto, and it was like it, it was it was it was hopping. I saw yeah. magnets on every single car. I saw people wearing the gear everywhere. Disney World now, you used to have – I feel like it's getting, again, where like everybody's wearing Orlando stuff because I remember being down there and it would just be like – you know, me and my friend would pretty much be like, oh, look, there's always somebody wearing a soccer kit, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, now we start really recently seeing a lot more Orlando kits down there, Orlando, Orlando gear – which I think is cool because most of the people there are not people that live there in Disney world. So uh, long story short, you know, the fact is this is a good team. They needed this to be a good team. And now what you need is to win some sort of silverware Mm -hmm. to, you know, show the fans that we're good. We're going to be continuing to be good. We're going to win a piece of silverware or something in the coming years and we're going to be perennial challengers for 
you know, MLS Cup. Yeah. And I will say well, one last thing before we move on to is uh, I did see a tweet where the uh, Will family finally got to meet with supporter groups. And they the supporter groups came out of it, and uh, it was all over, like, the blogs, like the, the Lion's Den and things like that, um, that were tweeting it out. And Kay Rollins and, and Rollins' family, they were talking about the fact that the players loved – they heard from ownership. The fans loved what they heard from ownership, um, that they seem to be very much willing to spend whatever it takes to get championships. Because I think they see this as an opportunity to finally get championships in their family name. Cause I don't, you know, again, the Vikings, no offense to them, but they're just not a team that I think you're going to get a lot of championships out of. So hopefully the will family comes in and, and can infuse cause they've already got a great stadium. They've got great fans. They've got a great crest. Um, now, the, they've got great product on the field. They've got great, you know. Coach. We got a manager, yeah. yeah that can, that can. Yeah. Who's going to play the young guys? What you guys need yeah. to focus on now is you got the foundation, the academies. and now it's yep. the academies. Yeah, because yep. once you start bringing your own your own people through, that's going to be money that is going to help the club and also just be cheaper to run on. Use those money. Use your money more for some of those bigger names, DPS, mm-hmm. and then churning out academy products right and they've got a nice stealth of, of uh they've got a, a very wealthy um i guess young core uh that is just uh, their you know their riches is in this young core of american young players it's you know andres perea benji michelle um you've got guys that, that like tesho akindeli like they, those are younger guys that uh, i think well tesho's 29 he's not young but um hey, hey. <laughs> Hey, I'm 29. I'm sorry. Watch your, um, mouth, <laughs> watch your mouth. Uh, but no, like Chris Mueller, um, you've yeah. got younger guys like a Joey Dazar, uh, just guys that are really young. Alvarado, who's a younger guy, um, and he's Ecuadorian, I think. So just young guys that are pumping through, and they're trying to get more young guys in those academies that they've set up. See, this is another similarity to baseball for me. The academy yeah. reminds me of minor leagues, which reminds mm-hmm. me of like – you know, like I, I understand baseball still drafts those players, but when you have like, I feel like the way I've heard about Paxson Aronson for all these years is the same way I hear about prospects in baseball. And you're like, man, when they come up, they're going to be great. And then, you know, uh, it's just a little different with, with soccer, but it's another similarity with, with how that works. I feel like mm. um, our two favorite sports there. Uh, moving on to my headline i'm going to talk about dc united people are like why do you want to talk about an 11th place team and i'll say i don't know (laughs) (laughs) why do i i hope you do uh no i do i do know here's the thing here's their schedule right they started off with New York City FC, and they they won that. No, that was in April. When did we start the season? In April, right? Yeah, so that was yeah. their first game. New York City FC. DC won that game. They lose to New England Revolution off of own goal. Granted, they get battered by San Jose, but they're in San Jose, so whatever. They lose to the crew. Okay, not great. They beat the Chicago Fire. They lose to Orlando City 1-0, but they played a hell of a match in that game. Really, probably should have got something out of that. 
and they lose to Philadelphia Union 1-0. They're barely giving up any sort of goals since the Columbus game. In fact, they've only given up two in their last three games. All of their last three games have finished 1-0 either to them or against them. Really, the only blip on their radar is the Crew game and the San Jose game. And Crew was in Columbus when they were kind of in a point where they had to win a game. And San Jose was just hot at that moment. They've drifted back down. It was a cross-country travel. Uh, so for me, I, I think this is – look, I, I believe in what Losada is doing for this team. I think that they, with all their injuries, we've talked about how they have to be you know, weary of a slow start, but I feel like they've been doing decently with the teams they faced off against. I'm not saying their world beaters are going to be at the dance at the end of the season, but when I look at the standings and their 11th place in the East, and they're actually only two points back from sixth place, and they're only three points back of fifth. I know it's still early in the season, but if they do get a little healthier, they could challenge for a playoff spot and inevitably drift lower than that. I I do think it's something where they'll be talked about for a bit because their defense has been pretty solid the last few weeks. Um. In fact, they beat NYCFC. I remember thinking, like, well, NYCFC is sucking this year. But then NYCFC turned it around. So I, I'm not really sure what they get of DC. But when we predicted them, we had them 13th and 12th. And I won't be surprised if they finish more like 10th. And I think that'd be a great achievement for Lasada in his first year. And then going forward, building off of that. And uh, you're looking at Paul Ariola coming back into the fold because he's now back to health. And I thought he looked really good against Union. I thought he played well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just going to be serviceable. Uh, a lot like like he means to them what kind of like what Jordan Morris means to Seattle. I mean, that's how good he can be for them. Uh, I mean, not on the Jordan Morris scale because Jordan Morris played extremely well. But I'm saying like as far as character, as far as leadership, as far as creating – like he he's a big piece into what they're going to be able to do, uh, DC. And I thought that he looked healthy, he looked fit, he looked good. Um, and I know he's fighting for a spot now, and you're going to see that too. You're seeing the the point now to where he's going to start fighting for some of these spots on the U.S. men's national team, different you know competitions that he wants to possibly be in. So I know he's got that kind of chip on his shoulder. And you're looking at a team too, like you said, Jordan. I think that. Um, while there are teams out there, and we'll get to a couple later on in the show, but like there's teams out there that just try to put the Band-Aid on something, and we're like, okay, well, let's just go buy money, or let's just go buy a bunch of talent and see let's what's happening. Let's go happens. buy money. You can like buy money, idea. I guess. Yeah, let's go buy money. Um, I think Manchester City does that. But um, <laughs> but I think what you know what I'm getting to is just the fact that Brandon Heinzeich, uh, he's played extremely well. Um, I think Aaron Losada has like a – plan like a game plan of like what he wants going forward they're playing that three in the back vertical football where it's over the top it's a lot of fun to watch it's very attack minded get as many people in the box as you can and i think as people get healthy like you said i think this team is going to surprise some people and at least they're going to be competitive with teams and it's not going to be an easy win like i think we thought maybe they would be uh heading into the season 
Yeah, definitely. I think that is uh, one of the biggest things for them. What is your uh, second headline? Yeah, so I've got NYCFC adding, and I'm not talking about just points. I'm talking about the fact that they just added. Uh, I want to. I don't want to butcher this. Talis Mango Magno. I think that's how you say it. Magno. Um, I wanted to say Mango. I always thought that it was Mango, but it's Magno. Um, he's coming over from Brazil. 18 year old. Uh, he was playing in Brazil and was touted as being one of these like wonder kids. Uh, there's a guy that signed with City recently, Kai 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 Kai. Um, who signed with City, who is like this kid's like comparison of how good he can be. Uh, this kid's 18. I was watching highlights of him. Jordan, there's like really good highlights of him. Um, there's like a welcome to NYCFC kind of thing. It's not NYCFC that did it. It was somebody else on YouTube. Uh, I can't remember it. Um, but it was like a really good production of highlight clips of him. And you know who he reminds me of a little bit? He reminds me like skill set of like a Leroy Sané, uh, just because mm-hmm. of how like big he is, like he's a big winger. Uh, he's left-footed, at least it looked left-footed because he, he comes in on the left foot. He plays the left wing. Um, he's very good with his right foot, though. He put a couple balls in with his right foot that were just as good. He cuts in midfield a ton, and I think that he adds some real prowess in that you know attack because I think having Medina there, having Maxi Morales back when he's healthy, having Castellanos, adding him into the mix, this NYCFC team's, I mean – that's a pretty big signing for NYCFC adding a player like that uh, and getting some of these players in that they had been waiting on. I, there's another, I, it's escaping me who exactly it is, but there's, I think there's another player they had been waiting on too, to get visa clearance. Um, I can't think of the person off the top of my head right now, but again, they've, they've looked really good so far this season, adding this kid. Um, this could be a dangerous NYCFC team again. Interesting. Yeah, I think uh, I think NYCFC adding is definitely something that is uh, could be sorry my dog just barked uh, could be a big deal. Uh, they're sixth place currently, eight points. They've kind of drifted back again after like they, for a while they were kind of like you know they were started off the season so slow, kind of peaked and then almost back down again. So much so the Philadelphia Union are ahead of them now. Um, (laughs) The Union up the third in the East. That's pretty wild. Um, Oh, yeah, that's what – sorry. Tiago Andrade um, Andrade is coming over. He's from Brazil too, and he's really good. Um, uh, I think he's also a winger. So it's – you know, they've got so many attacking options that are young. He's 20. Um, And it'll be interesting to see if Magno plays, but – he was at practice today, and I think both of them are able to be selected here coming up this weekend. I think Adrade was the one waiting on the visa. Yeah, look, they definitely need to add. I feel like um, <laughs> they were – look, we talked about it all offseason that they didn't add anything really except for, what, Alfredo Morales. Um, so the fact that they're adding is good for New York City FC. Mm-hmm. Their biggest concern right now, I think, is – Getting fans excited. I don't think these players do it, though. And I think playing in Red Bull Arena doesn't do it. This could very well become a very bad situation further down the road. You know who they remind me of? <laughs> the Oakland Athletics. Okay? Yeah. yeah. With their stadium issue. And, and I'm like, the, the, you know, the, they've been in whatever, the Coliseum in Oakland forever. Mm-hmm. 
they're not getting a new stadium. They might move, right? But New York City FC is not going to be leaving New York. They're just going to be probably playing in like New Jersey or yeah, somewhere else. But it, it's it, it's that kind of thing where you don't want it to stretch on that long, man. You got to figure out a stadium deal. And playing in Red Bull Arena is not it because you told your fans that you're going to have a stadium in the heart of the boroughs and you're New York's team and that the Red Bulls are not New York's team because they play in Jersey. And now you're playing in Jersey with them. And the fans were actually kind of protesting when they played in Red Bull Arena this week. They had a banner saying we're here just for the players, I think it was. Um, yeah. So, yes, they're adding. That's great. And you know what? Winning will probably smooth over a lot of stuff. But with all the money they've poured in this team, they haven't really won anything of value. They haven't won anything. They had David Villa for a while, and they were a team that was constantly at the top. And adding these two players are not big star names where it's going to get them anywhere that wise. And the fact that they're also playing in a stadium that's not their stadium is not going to get their fans on board. They got a win and they just lost to crew who's been struggling. They're in some deep problems. I think they need a new coach. I think they need new system overhaul. And look, for me, it's no surprise that Reyna left to go to Austin probably because he's like, oh, they're going to have a stadium. They're going to have all this great things. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to build a team there. And they haven't been able to figure it out since he's left. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Are you good to move on? I can, I yeah, can talk more. Good. Okay. Yep. Sorry, I just kind of hijacked yours and kind of – No, no, no. I agree. I totally agree. Uh, without Claudio Reyna. NYCFC after you were giving them praise for adding. But I feel like no. – uh, I feel like, hey, that's uh, your New York market. Deal yeah. with it. Yeah, um, Nashville. I want to talk to their defense. They're, look, if I were to tell you at the beginning of the season there's going to be three undefeated teams as we enter week six here, <laughs> week seven here, who are they? Would you have said Seattle, Orlando, and then Nashville? No. No, because if we look at our predictions, uh, we probably would have said crew – LAFC in Portland yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. That got wrecked week one. Um, <laughs> um, Nashville, they're doing it. And mm -hmm. really, when I look at their schedule, their defense has been so lights out the last mm -hmm. four weeks. Look, week one and two were not great. They give up two early goals against Cincinnati, two early goals against Montreal, but they come back for those. The attack saves then They finish 2-2 in both of those games. In the month of May, no goals scored against them uh, at all. Mm -hmm. No goals against Miami. They beat – that finishes nil-nil. They beat New England 2-0 for all the New England fans out there that think that they should be higher. Uh, Salt Lake – Drew with them nil-nil. And Nashville just beat Austin 1-0 this week. Now, they did give up a goal that was called offside. Uh, so it doesn't count, but they would have given one up if VAR was not a thing because they ruled it a goal. Um, but they, they, they've been pretty good. We talked about kind of going into the season that their defense was good anyway because of how they played last year. 
they kind of started off the season not so great, and then we kind of started talking about how good their attack could be going into this season because they signed so many players. Their attack hasn't been super great, though I think they've scored the same amount of goals as Orlando, mm-hmm. but Orlando hasn't had DK, so that's right. kind of a thing there. But it is just a testament to Nashville to be doing as good as they are defensively. And look, they're up to fourth in the East. They're only two points back of Orlando, and they've played the same amount of games as Orlando. So New England and Philly have both played seven. Mm-hmm. Orlando and Nashville have both played six. If Nashville wins their game at hand, they're going to leapfrog Philadelphia. And then Orlando, if they win theirs, they're going to leapfrog New England. And you'd have Orlando, uh, then New England, then Nashville, then the Union. Top four in the East. But I feel like everybody's focusing on the unbeaten teams being Seattle and Orlando, that they're not really paying attention to Nashville because Nashville isn't converting those clean yeah. sheets to wins. And, and that's their biggest thing. If they can figure out their attack, they theoretically have a good chance of finishing – very well. Look, I have them seventh. I you had them six. They could be more like a four and a five, a three and a four, if they can just figure out the attack because their defense looks pretty good. Yeah, they. Uh, they I did see an interesting thing: the three teams that are unbeaten both play. Or they all three play a double pivot in the midfield, um, which I thought was interesting. I think that in the MLS, I think that's more the case than any other league, just because. If you can control the midfield and defend well, you're really tough to beat in this league because a lot of teams don't do that well. Right. A lot of teams don't win that midfield battle, and that's where Nashville is different. Nashville, I think, personally has one of the better midfields just to to win. I think that that core in that midfield. Uh, you're talking about a Dax McCarty who's been uh, outrageous Love since Dax. he's yeah that since he's joined Love Nashville. Um, Anibal Godoy has played really well. Uh, Daniel Lovitz, Zimmerman's played well. David Romney's played well. Um, Alistair Johnson, when he's back there too, it, it just that's a really solid defense, really solid in attack too. Hani Mukhtar, um, those are really good uh, midfielders and defenders, uh, and they just suck up that. I mean, they press so well too when they do press. It, it just having Walker Zimmerman there is just going to clog up a middle anyway. And like you said, Jordan, this team, um, while they're not impressive yet in the attack, I think they do become a little bit better and they come back towards like a medium. Um, it, it, I think. It's really impressive that they – and they're really good at home. They're really tough to beat. Um, obviously, had not lost this uh, year at home. Haven't really had the fans. And now I think Nashville – I want to say their next game is 100% capacity. Um, so uh, – and, and Nashville's a crazy sports town. If you've ever watched the Predators or the Titans play, uh, that town, man, it, that, that is a tough, tough place to go in and win. Uh, so Nashville, like you said, six games. Everybody else has seven pretty much. Uh Really good team, really tough team. I'm excited, man. I look, I love Dax. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what team he goes to next because he's always <laughs> bounced around. Because I don't know why he like will become captain at some team and then they're like, but why don't we trade him <laughs> uh, for whatever reason? And uh, it happened like Dallas. I'm not sure if he was captain there, but he went to DC, I think, and became captain mm-hmm. there. Then went to the Red Bulls, became captain there. And then it was like three years, three years in a row where Red Bulls traded their captain. It was like Shasha Kleston yeah. was gone, Dax was gone, and somebody else was gone. And I was, it was it like, like every Tim year, it was like, yeah, every year, <laughs> like, you become the captain of the Red Bulls and you're shipped out. Um, 
I love Dax. Uh, he's like an old school MLS player. He is, he is just yeah. somebody that's grinded for so long. And I think that this team could potentially be a dark horse for a good playoff run. They kind of took everybody by surprise. So maybe a, maybe I can't call them a dark horse because they beat Toronto last year and then they beat uh, – they beat uh, who else they beat? Um, they beat like two or three teams um, to face off against like the Revs, I think it was. But, um, yeah, love it. What's your third? Yeah, so going over uh... – and I, I gotta gotta add the background, man, because this is the one that I've chosen to make my lovely background. Uh-oh. Hope it shows up well. It does. Uh, there's the three Canadian teams, and then it says Canada Cooling. I can't see the C behind me, but uh, Canada Cooling. It's got the nice ice breaking in here because the Canadian teams. Um, and I kind of stretched this a little bit for the Montreal side, but I think it. it in four games, it's kind of worrisome because we're early in the season. So if you look at Toronto, nine points in their last 10, including CCL, is not good. Like that's technically 27 points that you could collect. They've only collected nine. Um, not good. And, and I think they're regressing. I don't think they're getting better. I thought Soteldo was going to come in. And watching them play, I thought he played really well. But, man, if, they, if he doesn't do anything – that sometimes I think they really struggle. Uh, Schaffelberg has been their best player, and he sat most of the game. Um, I think that that team has started to kind of hit a rut, and then you kind of wonder, okay, we're to this point now. We're kind of scuffling a little bit, dropping. Josie's out here, and he he landed on his tailbone really bad in the game. Uh, and I thought for sure, I was like, that, that'll do him, man. Like, I thought, unfortunately, like, man, this guy just can't get away from it. And he kind of rolled around like, oh, crap. Um, but then he luckily got up. But I think, you know, I think eventually the wheels just start coming up. I'm not sure that Armis is the coach that, again, we talked about this early in the season, can Armis coach this team and do well? And, and I don't think we think he can keep this up. Uh, then you move over to Vancouver, seven points in seven matches, and they just they just don't have anybody creative in the midfield. That's their big issue. There, there's nothing going forward. Cavallini gets frustrated because there's nobody to get him the ball. Um, Daybear Caicedo they bring in. And he's been good, but he hasn't been creative enough uh, to really carry this team. And I think they're in danger of being that wooden spoon team again um, eventually. So, uh, And then you move over to Montreal, three points in their last four matches. That's not good. And they got trounced by Cincinnati. Um, so it's it's just not good in Canada. Uh, I did hear rumors, though, that – uh, supposedly the Canadian government's now considering bringing them back. And mm-hmm. I think they said if all goes well by September. Um, so hopefully it's still a long time. Yeah. Look, I, I know yeah. Canada has had some problems with vaccination right. at first. I don't know where they stand now, but they did extend the border closure to like June, mm-hmm. which I thought was surprising. Right. Uh, I mean, look, we're getting to a point where there's so many vaccines freely available in the U.S. and um, at this point, the sports teams no, pose no it pose no health risks. I don't think. Yeah. If we were to have MLS teams enter into Canada, yeah. most of them are probably vaxxed. Especially soccer players, I think they are the only league. I want to say that has reached like most teams have reached that. So there's a threshold that if you reach mm-hmm. that as a percentage as a team, 
the restrictions of like you don't have to wear masks. Eighty five. Yeah, like you can go outside, you can eat in restaurants, you can go to basketball games. At least can, in baseball, it's eighty five percent for the dugout. You yeah. don't have to wear masks and yep. stuff. And uh, some teams have had trouble reaching that in baseball, but yeah, yeah I think uh, you know Bedoya just finished up his vaccinations. He posted that out there, so mm-hmm. um, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I don't think they would pose too much of a threat to Canada. I mean, the vaccines are freely available here and uh, the players are getting them. The fans are getting them. Canada, on the other hand, I've been reading up a little bit about theirs and they were a little slow initially, but they're starting to do, I think they're supposed to be doing, I'm not sure if it's the Johnson Johnson, but they have their own one shot. I think they're trying to do, but we'll see. Um, September seems really late to have that be a thing. Um, they said like if they could get clearance, maybe bring the USA teams. Like there was some talk thrown out there, like late July, maybe like that. That no fans, but the US teams could go into Canada. So maybe that becomes things with le- or something with legs. But again, they said they were just like, yeah, like I think that their government was, and they are they they're very cautious about it because they don't want it to get too bad because their vaccination had been slower. So yeah. My last one I want to talk about here is Portland rebounding here. Vancouver beat them week one, 1-0. That was a surprise. Portland beat Houston week two. Then you had Dallas smash them in week three. They lose to Seattle in week four. They rebound against San Jose in week five. And in week six, they trounce LA Galaxy 3-0. Now, of course, part of this was due to a red card, so we're not you can never say how that game would have went uh, otherwise. But there was a red card here, a vicious tackle uh, on uh, Andy Polo uh, done by uh, Eric Williams. Was? Yeah, Eric Williams. Derek Williams. Oh, Derek Williams. Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah here it is. Um, just not a great uh, tackle. Very. I don't even know how to describe it. You just have to watch it if you haven't watched it. Um, it was like, a, oh, crap. I shouldn't have done that. It was I not did. good form either. No. Like, it was pretty much like a knee slide, like sli- yeah. almost like sliding on your knees going into their knees. It was not great. Uh, and Polo's out for the rest of the year. He, he's getting surgery this week. So not, not great, but that's not the part I want to talk about. I want to talk about Portland rebounding here. Uh, look, they had a they had a bad start to their season, right? Uh, that Vancouver loss was pretty brutal. That's a Cascadian team. It was in the middle of the CCL stuff. Since they got knocked out of CCL, though, they've kind of turned it around. That San Jose result is good. Of course, they lost to Seattle. That's not terrible. It's really the Dallas one and the Vancouver one that really stood out, right? And for a while, they were near the bottom of the West. They're now up to sixth place. They got nine points uh, out of six played. They are eight points back of Seattle. Probably not catching them. But they could probably make a run to second. But I think it's a little sad that we both chose them for the supporter shield. Probably not happening unless if Seattle hits a hits a lull and Portland 
goes off. But Portland and Seattle do have to play each other two more times this season, which is, means six points up to grab. I should hopefully be in attendance of one of those games to get more information on when I can get tickets. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Portland, turn around. I feel like nobody's talking about them. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it, too, is, I mean, Sebastian Blanco is was supposed to be back for CCO, was supposed to be back for MLS mm-hmm. start of the season. It's May 24th, 24th, right? Um, 25th. Um, you know, I that that's the concerning thing for them, and having some of these people go down, like Atanella, um, you know, having some injury issues combined with, I guess, their inconsistencies at times, um, keeping the Charos on the field at the same time, and now Polo's hurt, and now you have to replace midfielders. I mean, that you know, the depth starts to take a hit. Um, so yeah, a healthy team, a healthy Portland team is a really good team. It's just, can they get healthy? You're still missing. Uh, what's the, what's the, um, who's the striker that they're missing? Nia's Goda. Yeah. They thought that he could be something too. Um, but again, they, they also haven't had uh, a playing to his best abilities yet. So um, a team that's very dinged up. And if they can get healthy, like you said, Jordan, I think they can push towards the back, towards the top four of the East. And that's all they really West. need. Yeah, the, they can't be the, top. Four if, you, if you keep going east, you'll eventually run into Portland. <laughs> um, yeah, unless if you the keep going flat, that way, you'll so. run into it at some point. Yeah, either that or you'll run into Kyrie at the end of the world. So, <laughs> oh my, um, yeah. So that that's all of my headlines, and you've done all of your headlines. So let's recap the rest of the games here, real quick. Cincinnati beat Montreal. We kind of touched on it a bit. But uh, 56 minutes in, Kyoto, my boy, scores for Montreal. Then Locadia scores in the 70th minute. Valasila scores in the 86th. And uh, Cameron played well in the back line there. I think he made MLS Team of the Week. Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Galaxy Portland we talked about, but that was 60 minutes in. Mora, 69 minutes, Valeri scores. Oh, and the 47th minute was Mora as well. Uh, Miami at Chicago. Chicago gets a win here. Stojanovic scoring. Uh, just Inter having one shot on target. That's it. And it was saved. So not much to really talk about there, I guess. Uh, they're just... Look, Miami is like a heckling giant. <laughs> um, Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde, yeah, I was saying Heckle. Uh, Mr. Heckle from <laughs> heckle uh, uh, Jekyll and Hyde team, where they are uh, some t- like they beat the Union yeah. in Subaru Park. Yeah. And then it's like, never mind, we're gonna lose to Chicago. I mean, I don't get it. Play Galaxy well. Like it, it just don't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Toronto lose to Orlando with Tesho Akindele scoring. Orlando had, you know, like three players down. No, not like during the match, you know, just no Jalmatino, no Rowan, no Nani, no DK, who lost the playoff final. So they should, he should be on his way back. Uh, Vander Varder playing well. Good. 
he was impressive. Like he was, uh, and and uh, they've there's rumors that have said that like Nani, like this is it. Like once his contract is up, he's gone, and he doesn't even want to discuss because um, I think he wants to go back to Portugal and play. Um, it, you know, at one of the you know, one of his clubs. But uh, it, it is uh, <laughs> Vanderwater looked really impressive. He does this thing where he like lifts the ball. It's not really like a pass. He kind of like just gets underneath it and like chips it up. To, to instead of like really like a Kevin De Bruyne or like you know missile across the box, it's one or more of these like loft pitching wedge kind of passes, but it always it finds its targets most of the time. It's pretty impressive. Look, if Nani does leave, that is more reason to keep DK this year, make yeah. the run for MLS Cup this year, and then rebuild around Vandervater and selling DK and bringing more players in. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. Um, crew Zella Ryan goes on MVP mode here, wins the game with the 82nd minute kick to equalize and then 90 plus five minute goal to, uh, to take the lead and win it. So pretty good from Zella Ryan there. Crew looks bad though. <laughs> Again, yeah, they did not, I, yeah. they just didn't look good. It, it was, they had to have him do it and he was like, fine, I'll do it. But, uh, two free kicks. To, to win you a game that's not you can't rely on that because you can't no. rely on the calls you can't rely on any of that um rsl at dallas finishes 2-2 so that one is fun jimmy mauer back in goal after missing a month we had uh 20 minute uh, for, uh the bleh. sorry 20-minute goal, <laughs> Rubio Ravine. I was misreading that at first. I was yeah. like, wait, the first goal wasn't until the 43rd minute. Then I was like, no, it's the 20th minute. I was so yeah. confused. Then the 43rd minute, Dallas equalized. 84th minute, Dallas takes the lead. 86 minutes, Crylock ties it up. Uh, Red Bulls at New England Revolution. Red Bulls take an early lead that would have given Orlando top of the East. And then the Revs said, nope. And they score in the 36th, the 45th plus two in the 82nd minute. And it is Bo, Buchanan, and Buxa, the three Bs. Yeah. They no about Henry the Kessler Bs. for yeah. New England. John Bell getting the start. We talked about John Bell with the guys from Revolution jokingly. Recap. Jokingly. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, Bruce was asked about it, and he just kind of said, like, he's – just I guess rotating. Um, but yeah, Revolution didn't look great, and this is you know for the first half or thirty minutes, and then they kind of turned it on. Um, Vancouver at Houston, Memo Rodriguez eight minutes in, Yerudi forty two minutes in, and then Casado in the eightieth minute to pull one back, but it's not enough. We kind of talked about them a bit. I like what Houston's doing, though. I, I really like what Tab's done with this second year in Houston and, and building a team that, you know, getting Memo to play in a more reasonable role for himself, kind of like a creative mix between a wing and a midfielder, mm-hmm. um, more towards his norm of a midfielder, creating uh, Maxi Rudy uh, has played well. Uh, there's times where he's – like he's been in his career. There's times where he, he plays well. And then there's times it's like, uh, why didn't you hit that? That was about as easy as you could have made yep. it. Um, <laughs> so I don't really know what's going on. 
but Houston's defense is what's carrying them. Uh, I thought that they played real, really well. Um, and, you know, I think it, it's a team that we'd highlight before a couple of weeks ago, I think it was on the show, because we were talking about how good they had been um, kind of impressive and what we had thought. And it was the first game that we live streamed. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, they've got, they've got Boniac Garcia, who's played well at center back. He was more of like a defensive mid. They push him back into a center back role next to Parker. I think if they can add like a center back next to Parker, that's more center back uh, and can move uh, Boniac up. I, I think that that helps. Um, but this team, I have, I'm just really impressed with them. And I, I love Tab Ramos. I love his interviews too. Cause he's just so laid back. It seems uh, just like what he has to offer. SKC at San Jose. Uh, San Jose scores early, four minutes in, but then SKC score three times to win the game. We got the 15th minute, 60th minute, 75th minute. SKC is on a roll recently. Polito's on a roll. <laughs> that's yeah. terrifying. Uh, that's terrifying for them. That's terrifying for U.S. fans because I think that he's like the number one there uh at striker for mexico so uh l tree and and all those guys and uh because i think uh ruby d or not ruby diaz <laughs> um what's the other one uh who's the mexican striker for wolves jordan jimenez yeah um, yes, jimenez out yeah i don't think he'll play again unfortunately but i think that alan Polito, you know and chicharito didn't even get called in but Polito seems to be the one that they're marking for this qualification so um that'll be somebody to watch Definitely. Carlos Vela makes an appearance in the starting 11 against Colorado. Diego Rossi scores twice in the 14th and 33rd minute. 50th minute, Barrio scores for the Rapids. Game finishes 2-1. LAFC just not really good in the second half. Uh, Vela off on the 60th minute, probably on a time limit. It's just how it goes, right? But they got they the look, points. I was gonna say their first half was LAFC worthy. The second half was just quiet. Um, but again, when Vela comes off, and if you have to miss Vela for any time, that team's just not the same. Atlanta at Seattle finishes one-one. Rui Diaz six minutes in. Joseph Martinez in the eighty-six minute with a penalty. Uh, Seattle not playing super great in that game, but didn't matter. They still got the point. I know they probably would have liked to get three, but they're still off to their hottest start in MLS history in seven games. Seattle has never in their 12 years or so played the first seven games better than this. The last time they did, they won MLS Cup, which is wonderful. There you go. Uh, Philly at D.C. Philly wins that one, 1-0. Shabilko. Scores in the 45th plus four minutes. Initially ruled offside. Uh, VAR gives the goal because his timing on the run was just perfect. We do get a debut for Gazdag as well. And uh, he kind of got into it. You know, he kind of got into the game a bit. But then DC United in the last like 15, 20 minutes really started putting some more pressure on. And this is how they played against Orlando mm-hmm. uh, as well. And this is why I think that once they get more organized and they get some more healthy players, it could be a real, real treat to watch. I was impressed with your text message and the timing of like, I hope he gets involved, Gazdog. And right away he was like, 
he had one where he tried to get the ball up over a defender and it was yeah. like constant like and it was like a stretch of like five minutes of him constantly getting the ball in good areas uh just couldn't quite find his i think a lot of adrenaline and, and going forward and stuff like that he's just that game was on sunday his first training yeah. was on saturday That's so nuts. i mean that is oh. is great or what was he playing? Was he playing? He was playing more of like the the left side of that diamond, I think, or like the right side. No, it had been like right side bottom. Yeah, I think it was diamond. the right side. Yeah, he looked good though. He looked. He looks like he's going to be something, and that's terrifying because that diamond already looks like it's going to eat you alive. <laughs> Austin at Nashville. Nashville win that one one nil. Uh, Leal uh, Randall Leal scores thirty fifth minute in. Alexander Ring is back for Austin. Sapong gets another start. Uh, there was a goal scored by Stroud for Austin, but it was overturned due to VAR. Good call, I thought. I saw I some thought Austin so fans complaining because, look, I, what I could see is that they're trying to say it maybe hit the defender instead of Ring, I think it was. But mm -hmm. it to me, clearly looked like it hit ring with the way that the ball trajectory went did. and where yeah. you freeze frame it. So, I got a that, question for you, Jordan. Um, yeah. Before we move on to the previews and stuff, uh, you think Josh Wolf is on the hot seat? <laughs> Realistically, no. I don't think. I don't think he is on the hot seat in the Austin front fans, office. I Austin think he's in the hot seat fan wise. Apparently, I didn't notice this. Apparently, he was packing up early, so they were really pissed about that. Yeah, he had his fire. He always carries that folder, and he was grabbing it and getting his jacket to leave. Yeah, I mean, he's probably pissed at the way. I was, he was gonna say that's more play. anger of him, like saying this is like when our coach used to get mad at us. Like I remember, it wasn't like they would like blow up and throw stuff around. Like they'd get their stuff, and as soon as the game over, they would just take off down like into the locker room, and you knew, yeah, like that was like a. Oh crap! Like that's what I would think from this too. Yeah, I don't like, think it's like a. Well, I might as well like. I don't think it's like one of those things where you're sitting in class and you're looking at the clock and you're like five minutes. Let me start packing up. And your teacher's like, wait a minute. Yeah. Don't you dare pack up yet. I, I haven't dismissed you. Uh, Logan pulls that with his students all the time. <laughs> I do. <laughs> do you really? Yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> so annoying. Um, but yeah. So look, they gotta calm down. Austin fans, if you're listening, just calm down. Calm down. You're an expansion team. You had a great start to the season. You're coming a little bit back down to earth, but guess what? Most of your games are going to be at home in the latter half of the year. You're going to have a chance to get three points. Pick up points while you're at home. You can't expect to get points and win games on the road constantly at the beginning of the season. I mean, when we talk about sporting Kansas City, I think they had a really rough start to their season when they rebranded and they were waiting for their stadium to get opened. And then mm -hmm. they finished out the second half of the season really strong because all their games were at home. And that is what you're going to have. Right. And you're going to have your fans there. It's going to help. Look, we always kind of say this with a lot of sports. Win your home games and win half of your away games. <laughs> right. In soccer, it's more like get some sort of points on the road. You've done that so far. You've gotten some points on the road. You got six points on the road against some very tough teams to start the season. So I don't think there's any reason to worry. Right. 
you're an expansion team. This happens. Yeah. I, and, and the other thing too, is like, you are much better off than other expansion teams. Don't you yes. dare take that for granted because Orlando was a crap show when it came into the league. Minnesota is in a weird, weird spot. And there, and I think Atlanta too, like got exposed. They, they, they were very, very good early on. And now look at where they are. If I'm Austin, I'm like, I love the direction. I love I love uh, Claudio Reyna. I love the the fact that he's developing. That they spend. I love the ownership. I love my stadium. I love the city. I love the fans. So I mean, I, I get it. Get frustrated. Be mad at the players for not playing well. But this team's playing well for the team that they have. I think that and you this know what team, else. What's up? You don't ever have to worry about getting relocated because we yeah. know how hard pre-court got yeah. to get the team in Austin. Wait till they move to Baltimore. You're going to be so happy. Yeah, wait. And here you go. I'm going to read some stuff for you right here. So they go beat ahead. Minnesota, who's below mm-hmm. them. Okay. They beat the Rapids, who are in fifth place. Here's the teams they've lost to. Kansas City, who are in second place in the West. Third place, LA Galaxy in the west and oh yeah the team in fourth place on the east who's undefeated nashville what do you expect you're not going to win mls cup this year you're not going to win supporter shield this year just or next year to be honest you're not going to win it next year you need i think they need realistically three years like i think that's a realistic time period for a team to go from scratch to competing for some kind of silverware is three full years under Josh Wolf getting his system. Uh, they don't have an attacking player that's going to score. I can tell you that right now. Like they don't have one on their roster that I've seen uh, that, that's going to get you 15, 20 goals. That's what they need next. And I'm not sure you can find that in like, I mean, that would take like a Sergio Aguero going, I want to go to Austin. Um, that, that's what it takes. It takes that, and they're not going to be a market like that, I don't think. I think their market's going to be uh, a Mexican market, a Brazilian market, where they're going to find these young players that need like a Brenner three-year plan. Like, hey, this is going to be you in three years. We put them 10th place on our predictions. They're currently sitting 11th. For me, this is exactly how it's going to go. And look, like I said, you're going to get a lot of ch- – you've played six road games. Mm-hmm. You're going to have, what, like 18 home games still Yep. to pick up three points in each one, one point. And, so, and, and, and the teams you lost to are really great. And guess what? You're probably going to lose on Sunday. You're playing Seattle. Yeah. You're probably going to lose. Like, that's okay. <laughs> and then guess what? You're probably going to lose to SKC again on the 12th. Right. But then you open up against San Jose. You get to face Minnesota again. Then you're going to face the crew. You got chances to pick up some points, man, in the month of June and July. So mm-hmm. just – uh. Don't jump off the bridge yet. Don't ask for your manager to get fired yet. I did see one of them saying that if it was Mexico, he would have been fired. Well, guess what? This isn't Mexico. This is MLS. So buckle up. You're going to have Josh Wolf for a little bit. He was groomed for this position. 
they're going to give him his chance, which is going to be hmm. at least this season and most of next season. And not every team is Atlanta United who's going to win a trophy in their second season. Right. It just doesn't happen. I mean, Seattle was one of the best teams in the league, and it took them seven seasons to win MLS Cup. Right. I mean, look at look at Orlando, 2015. Yeah, six years. 2021, they're season. finally competitive enough where I think they could challenge for an MLS Cup. And they need an attacking player, but – I think they can get that, and it's taken six years. The Loons, they're going to be on that same trajectory, I think. I think, you know, Reynoso is really good, but I think they are a couple of years that we've seen so far that they're a couple of years And a new more. manager. Oh, right. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think Adrian Heath. <laughs> whatever it takes Adrian Heath to get fired and a new manager step in for two years, then the Loons will be that same team, yeah, and that's, that's about what, six that's years. That's probably what I would say. So. All right, let's go ahead and preview the rest of the, the thing. So we do have some games on – uh, the and then we have a long break, so we have games this weekend, then a break. So we'll be probably talking some USA stuff mm-hmm. during the break. But we have Chicago versus Montreal Saturday at one o'clock. Most games are on Saturday this week. That's on ESPN Plus. New York City, no, no, New York Red Bulls. Sorry, uh, <laughs> versus Orlando one o'clock at Red Bull Arena. Why don't you fly up here for that, man? I got you, dude. Uh, (laughs) Cincinnati versus the New England Revs. That's at 3 o'clock. That's at West End Stadium on ESPN+. Columbus Crew versus Toronto at 3 o'clock. That's on MLS Live on ESPN+. Atlanta versus Nashville at 3.30. That's on ESPN+. You know what's fun about all three of those games I just said? What's that? They're all on during the UEFA Champions League for whatever reason. Because ESPN Plus. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> if it was like Paramount, it, there's no way they would have done that. Which, well, Jordan, we didn't even talk about that. We didn't even talk about the, the, the deal that could take MLS to its own. I don't even know. Like From what I read, it looked like it could be its own streaming package unless ESPN ups its ante and says, hey, this is what we'll do for you. We'll see. I I don't know. I think they'll stick with ESPN. You think Plus, so? Yeah. I just they're not big enough league to have like a MLS specific thing. I used to buy it when it, they had MLS Live yeah. separately, and it was like sixty bucks. And guess what? I paid for it. But they're not big enough to have like an MLB TV or NBA TV type of thing. I don't think. Um, but the Cincinnati. New England, Columbus, Toronto, Atlanta, Nashville. I'm pretty sure those are the local teams mm-hmm. that schedule that. That's just poor planning. Um, yeah, because you're. I mean, those ratings are going to be brutal. Ratings are probably going to be brutal locally, but also, uh, are you going to have enough people showing up? Because uh, it's going to be, I'm going to have to like have, I don't know, four screens or something. We have LAFC versus New York City FC at five o'clock on Unimas to UDN Twitter. So that's right after the Champions League final. Uh, we have LA Galaxy versus San Jose at seven o'clock on Unimas to UDN and Twitter. Miami versus DC United at eight o'clock on MLS Live on ESPN. Plus. Kansas City versus Houston at 8 30. On ESPN Plus. Nine o'clock, we have Colorado versus Dallas on ESPN Plus. And at 9 30, we have Salt Lake versus Minnesota on ESPN Plus. 
on Sunday, we have a friendly Switzerland versus the United States of America Woo-hoo. on ESPN, so Unimas and TUDN, 2 o'clock. Be there. Then at 7 o'clock, we have the Philadelphia Union versus Portland Timbers on FS1. Both teams finding form recently. Who comes out on top? That's at Subaru Park. 9.30, Seattle versus Austin FC on FS1 as well. FS1 doubleheader there with an ESPN friendly at 2 o'clock for the U.S. men's national team. I'm excited for that. This is a big weekend. Like looking at these matches, holy crap! We got Champions League. We got playoff finals for yep. the uh, championship. Yeah, we got uh, we got MLS games all Saturday. Two MLS games on Sunday with a uh, with a friendly. I'm off on Monday for Memorial Day. I have no softball this week because of Memorial Day. So, hey, I have all weekend to watch these games. Sunday's going to be a blast, though. Like, look at Sunday. Sunday is like U.S. Men's National Team. And by the way, U.S. Men's National Team, your training facilities are gorgeous. (laughs) Did you see the video? In Switzerland, yeah. Yeah, it's like the big big Alps in the background. It's great. But uh, looking forward to that. DK is actually there. He's, uh, I don't think he's participating, but he was watching training. uh, And he's going to be traveling with that team i'm assuming um, in case anything happens they yes, can add him onto exactly. the roster yep um because then because he's not back so those that are keeping up with the dk saga dk supposedly won't be back until right around july um so we'll see what that means for orlando city and if he actually does stay in orlando um but then portland and philly like that's going to be a blast and then seattle sounders and austin i don't have school on monday so i'll be able to watch that as i lay in bed at night so oh yeah. man what a, what a weekend. And then SKC, we have a break. Houston. Then we, yeah, we don't have break. anything until June 12th with yeah. SKC in Austin. Yep. And that's right around Euros, too, right when Euros start. Yeah. So, yeah, because we have the Nations League starting on the third. So, we'll be covering that stuff mm-hmm. on June 3rd on Paramount Plus. Um, so, that'll be fun. Yeah. So, we have a nice little break to talk mostly the men's national team, which we haven't had a chance to do. We can also talk some NWSL soon too, because we'll have that break and they just got started on their season recently as well. I think on the 15th is when that started, but it's fun. It's fun. Do you have anything else coming up this week, Logan, that you're excited about sports wise, soccer wise? Um, I mean, obviously the Orlando city game is exciting. I think the other one, the, the one on Saturday, because we didn't really talk a lot about Saturday, it's got great matchups too. I think the one that I'm looking forward to is the SKC Houston Dynamo game. Um, I think that the way that Dynamo are playing and the way that SKC, I think, is climbing, I think it'll be interesting to see if Houston can compete with them. Um, I, you know, Houston playing really well uh, and they're going into a very difficult environment in Children's Mercy Park. Uh, SKC looked like the dominant team heading up towards the Sounders up into that right underneath them on that two spot. So that's the that's the match I'm looking forward to. Which one you got any your eye on? Miami versus DC United mm. at Drive Pink Stadium is the one I'm looking forward to because I want to see what uh, Jekyll and Hyde team of Miami shows up because DC is going to put on a good game. They're going to play good defense. They're probably going to score a goal or give up you know, only one goal and they'll have to see if they get a point or all three. Um, I think this Miami team is actually there for the taking right now with the way they're playing. 
that DC could get all three points. So I'll be excited for that one. And also the crew in Toronto game. Crew will be looking for some vengeance in that last blowout that Toronto put on them. So. Yes, Gosh, unfortunately, that's right weekend. in the middle of Kelsey and and uh, City. So we're yeah. gonna have to. I'm gonna have to have that on the other screen. Yeah, uh, I will say Cincinnati versus Revs is interesting as well because I want to see how the Revs handle it because Cincinnati just came out of nowhere and beat um, who did Montreal, right? Yeah, two one. Uh, and the Revs have been kind of like good, but not good enough. I think for me, if I'm judging it. And uh, probably sounds like I have an agenda against them. I swear I don't. I just, Neither do I. People will think I do, but the way I'm reading it, I guess, uh, is different than other people. But yeah, so that, that, that's those are some games that I'm excited about. And of course, the Sunday games are, are great. <laughs> yeah, those the Sunday so games good. are fantastic. Philly yeah, on are. a rebound, Portland on the rebound. We barely ever have Portland over here on the East, so that's interesting. And then the Seattle, Seattle and Austin. Austin. Which Austin gets to travel to Lumen. <laughs> uh, I'm already telling you, Austin, you're not winning that game. And if you do, then I want to hear some some reversals of those Josh Wolf's fired claims and says should be Josh Wolf's promoted somehow. Right. Claims. Yeah. Uh, so what do, what do we got coming up this week? We have the power rankings tomorrow on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Releasing. So you can take a look at those. If you're watching the video, boom. Quick look at that. Pause that if you want to study it. We'll see you later on there. On Saturday, we have the Closed Pyramid, which we've done about three of those episodes. It's just myself. Usually I record only very early on Saturday mornings. And um, it's been fun, man. Uh, the, the USL has been off to a pretty crazy start. Um, if you think having like seven games played and six games played for some of these teams are weird, how about one game played and four games played for some of these US teams? Yeah, we can't do that. No, I mean, it would would be impossible. Uh, my Bobcats still haven't won a game, so that's fun. And uh, yeah, so we talk all that kind of stuff there. And uh, if you're interested in uh, Marvel stuff. I'm going to probably do an Eternals trailer breakdown news catch up on our Marvel podcast, the Infinity Saga and beyond. And of course, I'm recapping the Bad Batch on our Star Wars podcast, The Pod Awakens. All of those and this show are part of the 14301 Productions podcasting network. So follow that on Twitter and we tweet out links for all of our shows. And until then, we'll catch you later. Thanks for watching. Throwing his body in, it's gonna fall for Ibrahimovic! Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. men's national team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.